Good morning. You know, I did an internet search as I prepared for this homily this morning of one simple phrase that is lack of civility. We hear a lot about that today. All kinds of statistics and articles popped up that really wouldn't surprise most of us. Nearly 80% of Americans, for example, are concerned about the lack of civility in our politics and fear that will end in violence. 69% of Americans in the internet are blame the internet and social media as the cause of the growing incivility in American society. One in four Americans say that they have been victims of cyberbullying. 25% of parents have considered transferring their child to a different school because of bullying, mostly cyberbullying. 34% of Americans Workers claim to experience incivility at work these days. It's amazing statistics. We seem to be going downhill, right? Unless you think that as a simple parish priest such as myself is immune to incivility, you would be wrong. Despite the affirmations that we receive in life, most of us tend to focus on the complaints and the criticisms, don't we? Cloaked under the anonymity of the internet, people can be downright mean. Have you noticed that? I sometimes receive harsh criticisms about homilies, about my associate pastor's homilies. Never mind. Okay, maybe even mine, all right? A few people have complained that I chant too much. Sorry. Not really. Okay. Uh, Some complain that the temperature of the church is too hot. Some say it's too cold. Grading in our grade school is wrong. Fundraising, long lines in confession during Lent are a bad thing. I thought that was a good thing. Even they, they blame me about some teaching of the church, even though I'm not the Pope, right? I even got a complaint, and I swear to you this is the, t- the truth, in an email, that we don't have enough organic foods in the Merciful Help Center food pantry. Good grief, people. Get a grip, I say to myself. Often, incivility is built on frustrations that are based not in reality. For example, during the last presidential election cycle, on the same day, I was accused of being a conservative Republican and a liberal Democrat. On the same day. And sometimes when I'm feeling particularly whiny, I think to myself, what has happened I just wanted to be a simple parish priest and say mass and hear a few confessions. How do we get in this mess? When someone goes after you on social media, when you feel persecuted for the cause of right due to some post or another, when someone takes an unfair shot at you through an email or a text message because of something you've shared about maybe your life or maybe even your faith, we don't like it. We pout. We get angry. And before we think through it, We often fire something back and get even or get the upper hand or shut someone down. Thus, our part in the growing lack of civility. But in reality, besides the modes of communication that make us make our whining even worldwide, things haven't changed that much especially when you read our first reading today. We hear a story about St. Paul and St. Barnabas. All they wanted to do was share the story of the good news of Jesus Christ in Antioch. And everybody seems to get bent out of shape and tries to shut them down. It was a mess. The difficult part was Paul, 
a Jew, had been hunting down Jewish Christians to put an end to this little problem of Jesus of Nazareth once and for all. And then, all of a sudden, he experienced Jesus on the road to Damascus in this supernatural encounter that led to a major conversion of life. And he begins to preach about Jesus. Now the Jews didn't trust him. The Christian Jews really didn't trust him. And the Gentiles didn't even know what to think of this guy. So St. Paul and Barnabas find themselves in front of a crowd on the Sabbath in Antioch in a town called Pisidia. The whole town wants to hear what he has to say. But in the Acts of the Apostles, St. Luke gives witness to the fact that when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and rage and with violent abuse contradicted everything that St. Paul said. Today, it probably would include disapproving tweets, right? And an Instagram post of angry protesters. And because too many Jews rejected the gospel, Paul started turning his attention to the Gentiles. And he is sharing his personal witness of his encounter with the risen Lord, saying that the gospel is for everyone, causing even more upset amongst the Jews, known for their exclusivity. Actually, the Acts of the Apostles say that the Jews started stirring up hatred in the women of prominence in Antioch, as well as the leading men of the city. And they began to persecute Paul and Barnabas. Yes, it was a mess. But in the context of this upheaval, it is reported in Acts 13 that the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. Filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. What is that about? And then I think I have so much work to do because that would not, under any circumstances, be my initial response to that kind of behavior. Because when someone comes after me and criticizes me or our parish or undermines the good work that we're trying to do, and then they're trying to stir up a momentum against the church and against Christianity, my first reaction isn't joy and blessings. But what if that is what Jesus' challenge is for us on this Good Shepherd Sunday during this Easter season? What if he wants us to trust him that much and maintain a sense of peace, even in the context of persecution? Just because we are his, after all, we can't control how people are going to receive our good intentions and the good news of Easter. All we can control is the what we share and how we share it. We can't force people to love God or to follow Jesus. As Pope John Paul II often reminded us, we cannot impose the truth on others. We can only propose the truth. This is probably why the church connected our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles to our second reading from the book of Revelation. For when we get all upset about incivility, persecution, hatred, anger, and even hostility... Toward our faith in particular, St. John reminds us that because of the events of Calvary and the empty tomb, we are victorious because Christ was victorious. When I get upset about world events or lax faith of some Catholics or some problem or another, a great prophet comes into my life, my mother, who whispers in my ear, Richard, guess what? Jesus wins in the end, right? 
In other words, sometimes when we look at the difficulties in our world and we think we are losing the battle for the soul of our world, we need to calm down a bit and remind ourselves that Jesus has won and has triumphed forever. As Jesus the Good Shepherd says in our gospel today, my Father has given them to me and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. Who is them? It's you, it's me, it's the followers of Jesus, the members of the body of Christ. No one can rob the good shepherd of his sheep and take us away from him except, of course, us. When we take away, when we, we walk away from him in sinfulness. And this is how Paul and Barnabas maintained that spirit of joy and in the Holy Spirit. Because they prayed. They knew Jesus Christ risen from the dead personally. And they knew the final chapter of the book of life and that Jesus Christ is the king of the universe, risen from the dead, who will reign over all. So as we sometimes fret about things, remember that none of it would have shaken Paul and Barnabas. They had joy in the Lord. They had shalom, that deep sense of peace as they spread the good news, even in trying circumstances. And we should have that same peace because Jesus, the good shepherd, loves us and he has called us to be his own.